0: This is episode number 139 with Craig Ballantyne. New concepts and ideas to help you reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Reach your full potential. Small win, small win, small win. Keep your momentum going.
1: The Success 101 Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Success 101 Podcast. This is your host, Jared Warren, and each episode, my goal is to bring you a new concept or idea to help you maximize your full potential. Thanks for joining me here today. Now let's kick things off. Hey guys, welcome back to the Success 101 Podcast. As always, this is your host, Jared Warren, and I'm thrilled to be here with you today to introduce my friend, Craig If you've seen any of the videos that I've been putting out on my YouTube channel, on my website, or on any of the social media platforms like Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you've probably seen or heard a lot of Craig Ballantyne's name lately as it relates to his Perfect Day Formula Kit. Craig is a productivity and success transformation coach who lives in Ontario, Canada, and he's been writing for Men's Health since 2000. He also created Turbulence Training which was a revolutionary workout program which helped others reach their goals much faster and also had to overcome crippling anxiety attacks throughout his life and learned to master those through his five pillars of success technique that you'll hear more about today. Through his company Early to Rise, he created the Perfect Day Formula Kit after writing the Perfect Day Formula book and this is an amazing kit as it relates to productivity and getting things done each day. Craig teaches us in this kit how to properly goal plan to set ourselves up for the most successful and productive day that we can have, including helping us remove some of our limiting beliefs that we have that keep us in a non-productive state many times. It also comes with a gratitude journal, which is so important for our everyday success and a notepad that helps us map out our day-to-day success through ideal calendar mapping, brain dumping, scoring ourselves at the end of each day, and I'm just telling you guys, you've gotta get your hands on this kit. You can do that through his company, EarlyToRise.com, or even go check out the kit over on Amazon. I have no idea what this thing's going for, but it is worth every penny. And I don't know how much time Craig spent laying out this perfect day formula kit and these strategies that are involved, but it must have taken a tremendous amount of time because this thing is so well thought out and well put together. As I mentioned, I will link everything up in show notes, so without any further delay, let's cut right to my conversation with Craig Ballantyne. Hey, Craig, welcome to the Success 101 podcast. How are you doing out there today, buddy?
1: Really, really great. Thanks so much. I'm really excited to share the perfect day with everyone.
0: Man, I'm pumped that you're here, and I'm so glad that you sent out your kit to me. I was just blown away whenever I got that thing and wanted to dive into it immediately. I had a couple of days of just back-to-back meetings and stuff at work that I just I couldn't tackle it, but I was carrying that thing around with me in my bag, and I was like, okay, the first place I get to, I'm diving into this. And we'll get into that here in just a second. I'm really excited to go through that and steer my listeners over to you because I think what you've got going on there is a huge, huge um, just success strategy for people trying to map out their day. But why don't you start and fill in my listeners on who you are, a little bit about your background, and what took you to the success you've had and how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for asking. So I started off in the fitness industry of all places. And so that was. Back in 1999, I started uh, with my turbulence training program that sold a lot of programs around the world. It's been featured in Men's Health Magazine, and I've been writing for them since 2000. But around uh, 2006, 2007, when I started getting coaching in my business, I realized I wanted to help people more than just with fitness. And so I started getting into doing coaching of my own, helping people grow their online businesses. And then in 2011, I bought a business called Early to Rise, and it's been around for since probably 1999 it's helped people in so many aspects of life health wealth investing um, and just becoming a, a better person overall and having more quality time with their families and so we bought that in 2011 and now we're able to help many many people around the world and then my latest thing is i wrote the perfect day formula book and then created a kit full of success tools to help people get more done make more money and still get home on time for quality time with your family.
0: So Craig, this just runs right up my alley here. I've got a financial practice that I run here in Dallas. I've got an office of about 30 or 40 people total, if you add up the young advisors and some of the veteran advisors that I coach here and their staff and all of that. And it is just a highly active business, as many out there are. And I think the biggest struggle that people have, whether you're coming in fresh off the college campus or you've been in your career for quite a while trying to just break out of a rut, You hear these words like the perfect day, you know, that people throw that word around for different things out there. You hear your ideal calendar, you hear, um, you know, staying out of procrastination for certain reasons of being strategic with that, but you actually have. And for those of you out there that, that want to know more about this, I'll link everything up in show notes, but it's pretty awesome. It's a kit. It's a perfect day formula kit. I've got it right here in front of me and I'll, I don't want to steal anything from you here. I'll let you go through it, but I know you've got a goal setting guide, the rules for a perfect day creating your life vision manual, and then a gratitude journal, which I just got into over the last year or so and think is so important. You know, of anything you could have created out there to help people, what was your main focus behind that? And how did that really come to be in a kit form? Well, you know, what we're really trying to go
1: with is helping people have this perfect repeatable day where they end the day feeling like they've had amazing success and accomplishment because so many people right now, they're really, really busy but they're not actually having accomplishment. And there's a huge difference between activity and accomplishment. So we wanted to make sure that people could build not just a morning and not just an afternoon and not just a calendar, but a real life, a real perfect life. And so it's, I believe a holistic system is what we have here. And, you know, you'd mentioned the gratitude journaling and that's been huge for me as well. It's really changed my mindset towards a lot of things. And, you know, people throw around the words "life changing" a lot, but it truly has changed my life in in terms of making it a habit and reducing my stress and helping me compare myself less with others uh, while still being a high performing individual. So it's again, it's not just about what time you get up. It's not about waking up earlier and working harder. It's about having all of these systems into place. And I always say, again, it's not about the hour that you get up. It's about what you do with the hours that you are up. And the perfect day formula helps you dial in your day so that you're as productive as possible. So that, you know, as, as you found out, Jared, when you were trying to muscle through your workday just by grinding harder and harder, you can only do that for so long, especially when you have young children, you want to get home to them and spend quality time with them. And it all comes down to having the vision for your life, having the systems in place and then planning and preparing and making sure that you implement everything um, and really focus on your priority in life, and that's how you have those perfect days.
0: Yeah, I've got a business partner here in our business that talks about playing office. He's used that word a lot to our some of our young advisors here, just talking about playing office. And at first, whenever I first moved to Dallas and heard him mentioning that, I was like, yeah, man, we got all these guys just playing office. And then I noticed I started paying attention to what I was doing each day. And even though my business has been going for a while and I've considered myself you know, successful with what I do, there's a lot that I was doing where I was still playing office. I'd get home at the end of each day. And more times than not, I found myself for a period of time there where my wife would say, how was today? I really couldn't give an account of what I got accomplished. And I know some of that gets over into process versus outcome. And you can't always look for an outcome because there's you know magic in the process as well. But I would get there and go, man, I I was so busy today. Like I did so many things, but what did I actually get accomplished? And I started realizing that even at my stage in the business, I was still playing office a lot. I was super busy all day long, but there wasn't a lot of structure to it. My staff didn't have a lot of structure. They didn't have my goals in mind of what I wanted to accomplish, and it just wasn't a good formula for success. So what I actually did with your uh, with your book is you were kind enough to send me the book, and I started reading through it. I've got the whole thing marked up with notes and everything, but what I did was I ordered it on Audible as well, and I went through it the first time at two times speed. And It's very easy to go through a book on two times speed, when you've got the the writing right there in front of you, you can actually retain some of it. But that's why I was making notes. Then I went through and just read it on my own for comprehension going through it. And it was just super helpful. Some of my favorite chapters that I'd love to talk to you about. Well, l- let me just back up here for a second. I want to get your thought on this, Craig. And I've really found that there's three different types of people when it comes to taking action on these, you know, kits or this manual, success manual, whatever you want to call these certain things out there in life, not just yours. But there's people that never dive in. It collects dust on their bookshelf or on the side of the desk, and they always have an intention of getting to it. They start, and they start getting into it, and it's really exciting, but then they fall off. And then there's those who stick with it long enough to see the benefits, and they stick to it, and it becomes a life change why do you think so many people, hardworking people out there, aren't sticking with these things long enough to truly make a life change?
1: Well, you know, it's the irony. Um, you know, it's they need the people that need this stuff the most just aren't making the time for it. And I, man, did I ever love that phrase playing office? Uh, I know I've done it. I know that many people have done <laughs> it. And, you know, I used to do it in the past, not so much now. But, you know, first of all, people that don't get through this stuff, they fit into one of the two categories I I think that most people fit into, which is reactive people. And then there's the other category, which is proactive people. So people that dive into it and do the exercises like you did, they're proactive people and proactive people are successful in life. They plan ahead. They look for the opportunity. They create a vision for their life and they use that vision to create the roadmap to achieving that vision because that vision is the destination in life that they want to get to. And when you're clear and concise with your vision, when you're proactive about creating it, then you know exactly how to get there. But those reactive people, you know, they wake up, they hit snooze, they get out of bed late, they end up in traffic late uh, because they are late, and then they get to work, and the first thing they do is jump into email, and those are the people that end up with those days where they go, oh, my goodness, I didn't have a minute to myself, but I didn't get a thing done today. And it is one of the most frustrating feelings that we can have in fact, research shows that when employees don't see any progress in their projects, they get really frustrated and they drop out, you know, their engagement at work goes down. And so that's why we have to swing around to that proactive approach, which means getting up a little bit earlier, not a lot, just a little bit so that we can be proactive about the day, make some time to dive into the stuff that is going to be very important. You know, it goes back to that old Stephen Covey quadrant, which I'm very, I'm sure you're uh, familiar with, which is making time for the important but not urgent things in life. And so many people, because they're always in that not important but urgent aspect, you know, like, I got to call that guy today. I got to, you know, go and get milk. I mean, that's kind of important, but it's not really important. It's just urgent. But you have to make time for planning, planning your life, which is important, but not urgent. And it's the proactive person that can spend the time in the right quadrant who becomes successful. And that includes making time to go through the success tools that we, you know, in the the kit that you have, it really walks you through how to use these. It's like me sitting down at your kitchen table and coaching you through them. And so those are powerful, powerful tools. And it's just getting started with it. So anytime anybody's working on any type of project that seems overwhelming, what you need to do is simply ask yourself, what's the first action step I can take right now? I'm not going to worry about making $100,000 this year. What I want to worry about is what can I do to start making more money right now? And that way it becomes less intimidating. You know, it's like the old eat the elephant one bite at a time. That's how you do it. And so you open up the book. You read the chapter, you do it on Audible, and you do the first exercise in the kit, and then you move on to the next one. Just start and get going one action step and one day at a time.
0: So, Craig, I love the way that you laid this book out. You've got part one, part two, part three. You've got Control the Morning, which that's obviously a a first start, right? But then you took it further and you went to Conquer the Afternoon in part two. And then focus on what counts in part three, where you brought some of those two things together, and then added in some other uh, some other information. But I want to go through these chapters. These are the ones that I've listed that were important and impactful for me. I want to hear what maybe some of your other listeners that are giving that are giving you feedback or your readers out there what they have said is important and it you know struck a chord with them the most. But chapter one, I love, it's called The Epic Battle for Your Life. And I just, I started laughing whenever I turned uh, the page and saw that because truly on some days, I truly think it is a battle for your life because you're either going to put good habits in today that really change the direction and course of your life and how you attack each day, or you're going to go for the next 10 years and then look back and go yeah, I've just been lazy. I haven't done the right things. I haven't gotten out of this funk or this rut or whatever. I've chased after things that weren't, you know, impactful. Why do you personally, the author of the book here, why do you think it truly is an epic battle though for your life?
1: Oh man. I mean, as soon as you get into the day, I mean, everybody wants your time, right? I mean, from email to text messaging to, you know, billboard advertisements to phone calls, we are bombarded with messages. I mean, I don't need to recite the stats that everybody's heard about on some newscast one way or another it's just a constant demand for our attention. And the way that things are set up these days with the pinging and all this is that our attention span seems to be decreasing. And so it is this epic battle, not just for the day itself, but also for our habits. And that's why the morning is so powerful or the first few hours of whatever time you get up, it really is you starting off on the right foot. But also it's actually even the night before in the planning and preparation. So we have several tools in the kit where people eliminate the stress of the day and plan the next day to focus on their priority and script it in and have a very tightly scheduled day where very few minutes are wasted. Of course, not every, any day is kind of zero minutes wasted, but very few minutes are wasted and they really get those things accomplished. And so that's what it's all about. Again, it's proactive. You either are proactive and successful or you're reactive and struggling.
0: And I know one of the things that came in the kit that I forgot to mention a few minutes ago, even though I had it written down here, was basically what I just call your your scorecard for the day. You may call it something else, but it's where you have time blocks. You've got a brain dump on there. Our office here, our group lives and dies by the ideal calendar. And I think sometimes we play office, though, even when we're filling out our ideal calendar or you're mapping out our day. Maybe it's the night before, but putting in those different things that we've got to do in the time blocks But then very hard to stick with uh, in that battle, as you call it. Why do you feel like, I mean, some of these could sound very self-evident on these questions, but I really do want to know your answers on these. Why do you feel like if someone has the recipe in front of them, they've got an ideal calendar filled out, they've done a brain dump the night before, as you encourage us to do, you're telling us who to communicate and collaborate and connect with and and what we can do there. And then just when we're going to start and end our day, we're tracking everything in the system, which I love. But why, even with the right tools and recipe in front of us, is it still so hard to get off track as you know adults?:
1: Yeah, it really comes down to setting these pl- things into rituals and routines so that we make the right actions automatic. So, you know, just as a story here, Jared, um, you know, when I grew up at the home that I lived in, my parents' bedroom was at the top of the stairs on the right hand side, and mine was on the left hand side. and my father would eat all this candy in bed. And so every day after school, I would go up and I'd take a right-hand turn into my parents' bedroom to see if they had any candy. And I would, you know, I'd steal some candy after school and go on my way. And then years later, I mean, decades later, after I was out of the house, uh, my father passed away. And so when I would go home on the weekends to help my mom clean things up, every time I went up the stairs, I still turned right into my parents' bedroom. And so it was just You know, a routine, a ritual, and, you know, this habit that was so ingrained in me. And so, most people, they have habits that are so ingrained in them that even if they know they should be doing the right thing, they do the wrong thing. And it could be turning on television, it could be going to ESPN.com, it could be whatever these things are that set us off on these bad habits. And so, we need to build a fence around ourselves and protect ourselves from the bad habits that stop us from doing the good habits. And that's one of the reasons why we help people create the rules for their life. Or, you know, another way to look at is a personal operating system, like a computer has an operating system so that you make the right decisions. And that's what it's all about. A perfect day is about making the right decisions right now for your right life. So first of all, you have to know what the right decision is. You have to eliminate the opportunity to make the wrong decision. And you have to make the path towards the right decision as easy as possible.
0: And guys listening out there, I know that you're hearing us throw out a lot of these ideas and topics from the book and chapters in the book, but I really would encourage you, you owe yourself a favor to go and get the the book, if, even if you don't get the kit, but I would encourage you to go get the kit. I mean, it's it's very packed full of things that we're talking about here that you can follow along. And some people will try to go get the audio book, as you heard me mention earlier. I don't think on this book I would encourage any of you just to go get the audio book. I only did that because I was reading along with it. But I think a lot of the ideas, Craig, that you throw out in there, for me personally, if I'm just driving around and that's the only material or introduction I have to the perfect day formula in front of me, I think I'm just going to miss too many things because you've got so many great breakdowns of things in each chapter there. The next chapter I'd love to move to is chapter seven, which is what not to do on a perfect day tell us what the motivation behind that chapter was and really some of the keys to what we should not do because i think so many people are looking for what to do it's like give me you know give me the keys to the to the recipe or the the magic recipe as i mentioned but they fail to realize what you shouldn't be doing
1: right so that falls into a little bit of what we just discussed you know people have these bad habits and we need to identify them and keep ourselves out of trouble and so with this one jared what we're looking at is okay there are certain steps that everybody makes um, certain mistakes that almost everybody makes in, in when they're in reactive mode. And again, those are checking email first thing in the morning um, before you've done anything that can be considered accomplishment. So I know that a lot of people do need to check email early in the morning who have client-centric businesses, but you can probably spend at least 15 minutes working on your number one priority in life, you know, thinking, brainstorming, identifying solutions before you check that email, because again, you just slept for eight hours. Another 15 minutes is not going to, you know, you know, somebody has got an emergency. They're going to wait another 15 minutes if they've already waited eight hours. And so it's not checking the messages first, you know, do some internal work before you respond to the external stimulus. And then you want to make sure that you're not gossiping and wasting time and playing office at work. And then you also want to make sure that you have, uh, you know, the right, mindset materials in front of you and so that you're not surrounding yourself with negative news and talk radio that only gets you fired up and angry um you know like people that either spend time on rush limbaugh or spend time listening to sports shows that is just mental garbage and it's not going to help you have a productive day and so it's eliminating stuff like that not only mentally but eliminating the same sort of thing nutritionally so a lot of people are going and eating fast food and wondering why they are tired in the afternoon Well, that stuff is killing you mentally. It's wiping out your energy. And so you're not having good afternoon of productive work. And so it's just taking a look at all the habits we have in place and then saying, okay, I need to eliminate these. And how can I replace those with good habits? And when you do that, all of a sudden your day can go from a six or seven out of 10 to an eight, nine, or even 10 out of 10. And you can have those replicated day after day after day simply by putting in better systems and the systems as you mentioned the tools that we have in the kit make this as easy as possible rather than me just saying to somebody oh you need to eat better i mean that's not enough i mean we all we all know i mean even even those of us that do eat pretty well we all know we probably can eat better but we need more than just to be told what to do we need to be given the frameworks to put these habits into place.
0: Yeah, and as I mentioned, I love the way that you broke down not only what to do in a previous chapter, but what not to do. That way we don't get into, into any roadblocks out there that we could, uh, you know, sabotage our day with or waste a lot of time. Chapter 10 was probably one of the most impactful, not from just high level, hey, I didn't know all of this stuff, but just a great reminder. It was the 10-3-2-1-0 goodnight formula. Walk our listeners through that. And I, I love this chapter, by the way, and I think more people need to know about it.
1: Well, this one actually has had the greatest uh, worldwide viral response, believe it or not, Jared. I've been featured in, in newspapers in England. Uh, they featured it on TV on Australia, and I've even been interviewed by Russian television on this because <laughs> it's such a such a simple formula. Yes, even the old Russians have problems with their sleeping. And I did make a, a vodka joke during my interviews, uh, just in case you were wondering. Um, so, <laughs> so it is a ten three two one zero formula. It's it's catchy. It's contrarian, and it also allows people that do these reports to argue with me as to why uh, you know it won't work for them. But they are the reactive type people who are looking for excuses. So, ten hours before bed, and this formula—just a bit of background—helps you get the best night's sleep. So, you want to follow this during the work week. It's not something you're going to follow if it's your daughter's wedding. Obviously, you're going to stray from the rules a bit. But ten hours before bed, you stop drinking all caffeine. Research proven that if you have caffeine too close to bed. You are going to toss and turn. You are not going to get into a deep sleep cycle. And so if people are struggling to fall asleep at night, it's because they have adrenaline running through their system. And they can have adrenaline running through their system because of caffeine intake or because they got fired up and were checking their iPhone right before bed and there was some emails going around and now that's all they got can think of. And so that's another thing that they need to stop doing. But the adrenaline caused by caffeine intake is keeping you up at night. And so 10 hours before bed is a pretty conservative way to shut down your caffeine intake so that you have a good night's sleep, you're able to fall asleep. Then three hours before bed, we wanna stop drinking alcohol and eating heavy, spicy meals. So when we do that, when we eat and drink really close to bed, we might be able to fall asleep okay, but it interferes with our sleep cycle and we end up tossing and turning and we don't have restful sleep. So, a glass of wine might make you fall asleep a little bit faster, but you don't get into, again, those deep sleep cycles, which allow you to wake up the next morning refreshed. You're going to wake up groggy if you have alcohol. And we all know it. We've all experienced this. And that's why we need to cut out alcohol uh, a few hours before bed. Now, again, this is for a work week where we want to wake up super fresh the next day. On the weekends, you can mess around with these rules, but. Again, we're dialing in a perfect day. Now, two hours before bed, we stop all work because we don't want to be fired up on a work project. And then, an hour before bed, we stop using our iPhones and our electronics because the light emitted from electronics increases our alertness as well. And so, we want to avoid that. So, that's when you read a book, you do the dishes, you make your lunch the next day, you talk to your spouse, you read to your kids, you sit there and do old school stuff that doesn't require a screen. And that way, you'll feel naturally drowsy, and you'll drift drift off to sleep nicely. And then the zero stands for the number of times you hit snooze button the next morning. Because if you hit snooze and you fall back to sleep, you end up more tired than if you had just gotten up. Because you fall back into a sleep cycle, and then you get woken out of a sleep cycle, and you are just going to be groggy. So don't hit the snooze button. Follow that formula, and you will be really rested. Finally get that rest you've been looking for. And you will have a great day the next day because of it.
0: Yeah. Awesome advice. And just to recap, of course, I'll link everything in show notes and put some of these lists in here that we're talking about for those of you guys driving around out there, not able to, you know, working out or whatever, and you can't write all this down. So don't worry. But it's 10, you know, 10, 3, 2, 1, 0, 10 hours before bed, no more caffeine, three hours before bed, no more food or alcohol, especially heavy food. Uh, I'm assuming you would say there two hours before bed, no more work, start winding down. And then one hour before bed, no more screen time, you know, the blue screens in the face and keeping everybody up and and all of that, which we could, you know, do a whole podcast on that as well. And I I have a couple already. People don't realize how bad that is for you. And then zero, the number of times you will hit snooze in the morning. Talk to me about the brain dump. I know you go into the brain dump uh, in that chapter as well. Whenever you're writing everything down, fast and furious, you're getting it all out. And then you're able to take that piece of paper, set it to the side and not worry about it again until the next day when it has to be tended to.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The brain dump is just such a powerful little tool to help you eliminate the mental clutter because so many people are walking around with, you know, mental addicts full of all this clutter and all these racing thoughts and they're really stressed out by it. And all they need to do is get it down on paper and overcome this.
0: And then we go to chapters 13 through 17, which I know there's a lot of information to unpack here, but if you wouldn't mind, just walk us through the five, what you call the five pillars of success and why that's been impactful for you and all the people that have read your book uh, that have given feedback on that as well.
1: Yeah, great question. And so I discovered the five pillars of success through my weight loss transformation clients. And so we run the classic before and after transformations where they do, you know, they send in the photos and they write a little essay about, you know, what they were able to accomplish. And what I found was, Whenever people had amazing results and when they won my contest, they all had these five pillars in place. And then I realized that I used the five pillars to help me overcome my anxiety issues in the past. Um, And then people have used my five pillars to make money, to do all sorts of things. And the five pillars go like this. First of all, you need better planning and preparation than ever before. It's not enough just to state a goal. You actually have to have to have a plan to get there. And then second, you need professional accountability. You need to hire a coach, just like your financial advisors have you as a coach, Jared. We need a coach because we need to get expert advice and we need to have somebody hold us accountable. And our friends aren't going to do that. They don't have expert advice. And most of the time, they're just going to say, "Ah, don't worry about it if we make a mistake. But we need a coach to say, listen, here's the mistake you made. What are you going to do next time in order to avoid it? And what happened this time that caused it? And when we have that in place, we can really play up a level in life. The next pillar is positive social support. This is where our friends do come into play and have a good impact on our life. So we want to hang around positive people who are like-minded, who are chasing the same goals. And when we do that, we have a better chance of achieving our own goals. So that's what we want to do is make sure that we're spending time with positive people, sharing our dreams and goals with positive people, because they're going to go out of their way to help us. And then fourth, we want a meaningful incentive. It's not enough just to have any old incentive. So we find we're seeing this in research now in uh, large companies that are paying their employees to lose weight. And it's not doing anything because the money just doesn't matter when the tough gets going. You know, when we have those really hard days and we go back to our old habits, it's easier to do that than to say, oh, you know, if I stick with it, I can get 50 bucks. 50 bucks doesn't matter that much to people when they're stressed out and there's a pizza in front of them. And so, you know, (laughs) it it needs to be a meaningful incentive. And so when I what I realized was in my weight loss contest, when people would say, I'm doing this for my kids, I'm doing this for their future, I'm doing this to be around when they graduate. Those were the people that stuck it out through the dark days and tough times that we all have whenever we're trying to achieve something in life. So whatever it is you're trying to change in life, whether you want to make more money, whether you want to lose weight, whether you want to become a better speaker on stage, you have to make a meaningful incentive as part of your five pillars of success. It has to be meaningful to your heart and mind. Finally, the fifth pillar is the one that actually has the biggest impact on us in the, of all five. And so it is the big deadline. You have to have a deadline for your transformation, whether it's a money transformation, whether it's a physical transformation, whether it's a transformation in improving your golf game, it doesn't matter. You have to have a deadline because a deadline does three things. It spurs us to action because otherwise, most people just wait around and they procrastinate, right? They say, oh, this year I'm going to get better at golf. Well, they don't go and book the lessons. They don't go and make sure they get enough rounds in. And the next thing you know, it's the end of the season and their handicap hasn't changed. It's because they didn't set a deadline on the actions they needed to improve themselves. So it has to be a deadline, 21 days, 60 days, 90 days. We can do anything for that length of time. And so people get started when they say, okay, in 90 days, I got to get something done here. I need to get started today. So it overcomes the initial inertia. The second thing is that it keeps us going through the tough times in the middle. We see that we're three, four, five, six weeks into a 12-week transformation. And we say, you know what? Things are going tough, but now I see I'm halfway through. I'm on the home stretch and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I've come this far, I'm going to keep going the rest of the way. It keeps you going. And then finally, as we get closer and closer and closer to the deadline, this is where we start taking more and more action. It's like how in a marathon, you know, people hit the wall at mile 20, but in mile 25 they're running faster than they were at mile 10 because they see that finish line and they're so excited and they got they're all jazzed up. And they know that the payoff is coming soon. And so the deadline hits us three ways, hits us hard, and allows us to really achieve our goals in life.
0: That's such good advice. And it is hard to set deadlines, I know, for for me earlier in life. And then, you know, even sometimes now, depending on how big the issue is, it's just that commitment fear, that commitment phobia that once I set a deadline, I'm going to have to do something now. And I think all of us could look back on things that we've accomplished that are big in our life that we did put the deadline in place on and realize that that's mainly one of the main reasons we got there was because we put a a deadline in place. And without that, we would have just kept stringing this thing out. Let's back up here to the fourth pillar of success that I want to camp out on here for just a second, if you don't mind. And that is the meaningful incentive. I think part of what I've seen and heard from you before is that part of that meaningful incentive is also setting some sort of a... A reason behind it or even a celebration or something like that at the end. Can you talk through that just a little bit more of why it's so important to tie that incentive on there? I know you just went through kind of the high points on it, but why do we as entrepreneurs or highly successful, active people have trouble celebrating things that should be, you know, when we run through the tape at the end of the finish line should be the thing that we're holding our hands high and, and really, you know, excited about. Why why is it so hard for us to tie celebration and incentive to something? Or when we finally get there, this thing we thought would be exciting—it's like, ah, okay, I did it, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> why is that in your mind?
1: Well, you know, I think entrepreneurs are just wired a little bit differently. I know exactly what you're describing, and and uh, it's always on to the next one, isn't it? You know, it's like, okay, I just you know made this amount of money, you know, or achieved this. It's on to the next one. What can I do bigger and better next time? And you're absolutely right. There needs to be some celebration put in place especially if you have employees involved with this, you know, achievement because they are the type of people who want to celebrate. And so that's when, you know, the team outings become so important. And by taking time to sit back, reflect and celebrate, you can then take a look at, okay, here's what went right. What went right? Here's what went wrong. Here's how we can improve next time. And hey, let's celebrate this. And again, the employees see the progress there. And they're more motivated to come back and be involved in the next one. If they don't see any celebration, they're like, what the heck am I doing all this for? All they want to do is make more money, but they don't want to ever celebrate it. And so I don't know if this is the kind of company that I want to be involved with. So that's the whole thing about having this holistic, perfect life approach. It's not just about work and money. It's about, you know, quality time and people and experiences. Because that's one thing that I always mention on, on the shows and the interviews that I do is that Money and stuff doesn't matter. What really matters is the people we spend our time with and the experiences that we have with uh, with them. And so the journey with these changes in our life is something to be celebrated. It's something that we're going to remember a lot more than you know, what we had, were actually rewarded with at the end.
0: Yeah, I think that's so key because whenever I was, you know, younger in the business or young, you know, young professional, I would have said, man, celebrating and tying a celebration to the end. That's the easy part, right? I mean, going out and accomplishing, it's the hard part. And as I've gotten older, I've realized time and time again, not only through the clients that I coach or work with, the private people that I work with in my coaching business or my young advisors here, it's its across the board. We, and I think particularly males, I can speak to, to males. I'm not sure if females go through the same thing, but particularly the males that I work with. You see it coming on the horizon. You see this thing that that was once impossible. You get really excited because you're about to hit it. And then right when you get to the finish line, it's like, oh yeah, I hit it. You know, uh, like you said, on to the next thing. And I think we really need, I'm pointing a big finger back here at me. We really need to stop and think about how we can savor that win because those are the moments in the next endeavor we go into when we're really burnt out and the days are long and we can't, you know, stick with something or try to get through it. And we're wondering if we're going to bail. Those are the memories I think that are going to keep us with that and, and lead us onto that, you know, that pillar of success and and mastering that. So thanks so much for sharing that with us. And I think the last chapter that I wanted to make sure we hit today was the truth about goal setting chapter 22. That can seem like a, you know, a lot of stuff could be packed in there, but hit some of the high points that were the most meaningful for you or for others that you've encountered out there that read the book about the truth about goal setting.
1: Yeah. So I learned, um, the hard way that, you know, making a list of 25 goals every year is not the right way to do goal setting. It's this shotgun approach. And I would always end up maybe achieving two of my 25 goals, and then feeling kind of frustrated because I didn't, you know, do all these things that I wanted to do. It's like the person who has 900 things on their bucket list. Well, that's not really a bucket list. You know, that's just this ridiculous list of things that you'll never do. And so um, what I learned from my mentor, Mark Ford, and Mark Ford wrote a really great book called Ready, Fire, Aim. Uh, under his pen name michael masterson but he taught me you only need to have four goals one for your health one for your wealth one for your social self and one for your personal enrichment personal enrichment would be like charity work and volunteering social self might be you know relationship building with a you know your spouse or you know finding the love of your life or whatever it is Uh, health and wealth are pretty obvious And so when you have these, you think of it like a bullseye, you know, it's like a a laser or rifle shot to the bullseye. And when you hit that bullseye, everything around it becomes better. So if you make one major health goal, all of your other health goals that you could have written down are probably going to get hit as well. So you may as well just pick one major goal for each category, focus on it, and it allows you to become much more focused with your preparations in life with your calendar, with your schedule, and therefore you don't try and fit in 40 different things every day and that only end up stressing you out. So it's that way of really laser-focused goal setting has been uh, a big lesson for me.
0: Uh, It's awesome. Thanks so much. And what would you say, I'm sure you have several non-negotiables, because I know you're just a very structured and disciplined guy. Otherwise, you couldn't have sat down and created this program that you did. But for those out there that are really, really just wanting to peel the layers back on you, what is a non-negotiable for you that you just will not compromise on during your day?
1: I would say that this is something that I do that everybody should do that make this a um, non-negotiable, which is giving yourself 15 minutes in the morning before you do anything else to focus on your number one priority in life. So you figure that out: is it making more money? Is it you know working on my health? Is it you know writing a chapter for my book? Whatever it is you identify that and you say okay i'm going to get up and spend 15 minutes on that first thing in the morning every day even if i'm traveling not when i'm on holiday but every day 6 days a week i'm going to spend 15 minutes on this and on the other on the flip side if somebody has a problem in their life if they wake up and spend 15 minutes you know eliminating that problem then they will also make massive progress on it And so if everybody does that, starting tomorrow, get up 15 minutes earlier than you normally do. If you regularly get up at 7, get up at 6.45, go down to your kitchen table, pen and paper, and work on your number one priority in life, that will lead you to big breakthroughs this year. It's 72 hours in a year of clear thinking that you probably don't have right now because most of your day is probably too reactive to all the crazy stuff coming in. So that 15 minutes will make a big difference. It's non-negotiable for me and... All of my coaching clients as well.
0: Oh, it's you. Just as you said before, too. Just getting into the, uh, you know, getting into the creative work is is what I talk about with my guys. Just getting into the creative work, not the reactive work, as you mentioned earlier. Just showing up, wiping your eyes because you're tired from the night before. You didn't get a good night's sleep. You didn't follow the ten, three, two, one, zero formula right. But you're wiping your eyes. You come in, grab coffee, start pounding that, and then just immediately dive into your emails. There's no me time in the morning. And though that sounds self-seeking and self-serving, it is. You you have to have that. It's like going down on the airline. You've got to put your mask on first before you can help those around you. And I think taking that 15 minutes or even if you have, heck, if you have an hour, you know, do that and just take time to go through those things that are going to make the most impact on wherever it is you're trying to go. That's such a huge thing that I wish I could get more people to understand the benefit of and uh, and hopefully they'll they'll seek that out. Uh, Craig, as we get ready to wrap up the podcast here, so thankful for your time. I know you've given a ton of advice here. Most of it has centered around the book. Uh, in the book or outside the book, anything that we haven't talked about yet, what is one bit of advice to help people move closer to success that you can share with us that's just something that's worked well for you or or just uh, just been a game changer for you? Well,
1: I'm going to cover a couple of quick rules. So first of all, identifying the not to do thing is so important because we can do good stuff 90% of the time, but the, you know, our one bad habit, our vice can wipe out all of our good work, whether it's alcohol related or whether it is bad investing choices or whether it is, you know, a temper flare up that we have. We need to work on our negatives and eliminate them probably as much or more than making sure that we do the right things, uh, you know, and have this right, the right thing scheduled out. So make sure that you're taking a good objective look at your life and realizing what you're doing wrong and then work on improving it because often those negatives are holding us back. And then second quick thing that isn't the most exciting thing in the world, but if you wanna have more energy, you should go to bed at the same time every night and get up at the same time every day, seven days a week, as much as you can. Now, I know that you're gonna have a couple days a week where you stay up a little bit later, whether it's work dinners or family dinners, family time, movie night with your wife, whatever it is, but don't deviate from that morning wake up time. And when I finally started doing this in my early 30s, it gave me the most uh, most dramatic increase in my all-day energy compared to anything I had ever done before in my life. It was better than having caffeine in the morning. I was no longer tired at two o'clock in the afternoon. I wasn't dragging my butt on Monday morning because I slept in on Saturday and Sunday and couldn't fall asleep on Sunday night. So this consistent bedtime and wake-up time is huge. Our body and our mind loves routine we are meant to eat at the same time every day we are meant to go to bed and wake up at the same time every day you can choose your hours for all of these things but just be consistent
0: thanks so much craig Ballantyne, man i bet we could spend three or four podcasts just going through and dissecting some of these other things that you've got life history on that has helped you and helped so many out there but thanks so much for spending time with us today and making us better where can we steer more traffic your way and find you out there in the world of social media or online
1: well, people are going to want to see the kit in action, Jared. So go to perfectdayformula.com and watch the video that I've made where I unbox the kit for everybody and explain what's available there. And then people can also get a couple of free additional tools that weren't in the kit at craigvalentine.com forward slash free gift. They'll get more information on the 10 formula, also how to create a not to do list, and uh, how to create your perfect life.
0: And I understand you do some personal coaching as well.
1: Yeah, so I do small group coaching and I do one on one um, high level coaching. And so if people want more information on that, they can email me at CraigGodfather.com. At
0: Awesome. I just think that's the coolest email, by the way.
1: (laughs) Yeah. My business partner used to buy and sell domain names and that was one that he kept for himself. (laughs)
0: Nice. I heard you uh, say that on something, some video of yours that I was watching and you gave out your email address and I was like, man, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. That's awesome. So Craig, thanks so much. We'll put everything in show notes and steer a ton of traffic your way. Guys, I can't tell you how much I believe in structuring your day the perfect day because it doesn't happen on its own. You have to design this in and you can't just be wishy-washy about it or just live by default and hope that it happens. You have to go out there and make it work. And as Craig mentioned a couple of times here today, he has put together a perfect formula to help you do that. That is very easy to follow. You just have to do the work. So thanks so much, buddy. We appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks again for joining me today on the success 101 podcast and make sure you head over and check out Craig Ballantyne on his platforms of social media and his website earlytorise.com. If you want to connect directly with me, the best way to do that is my email address, which is infosuccess 101 podcast.com. Or you can catch me on Facebook and Instagram at success 101 podcast. I loved having Craig on the show today and hope you guys took away tons of valuable information of how we can be more productive, we can structure a more productive day, and we can use the five pillars of success to help us grow to new levels of achievement and peak performance in the day-to-day grind. I'll catch you guys on the next episode of the Success 101 Podcast, until then.